You've tuned in to Supply Side Stories. The innovations, influencers, and breakthroughs defining the future of health and nutrition. Welcome to another edition of Supply Side Stories. I'm Fran Schoenwetter, Director, Content Marketing at Inform Markets. In cooperation with Natural Products Insider and Supply Side Stories, our podcast today is supported by Alpha Packaging. Joining us today is Marnie Bielfeldt, Vice President, Marketing at Alpha Packaging. Marnie brings a client-centric approach to working with brands to create optimal solutions for their specific product and brand requirements. Welcome, Marnie. Thank you. Well, to begin, a little bit more just about alpha packaging and packaging in general. Of course, we can't avoid packaging for many products, but consumer packaged goods brands can focus on more sustainable, recyclable, and lightweight solutions. Alpha Packaging is a manufacturer of plastic bottles and jars for a variety of categories in the consumer packaged goods world, including supplements, personal care, pharmaceuticals, and more. Um, And today they're pioneering lightweight, durable, and more sustainable packaging solutions. So we're going to talk about those uh, solutions and those opportunities for brands today. So Marnie, I'd like to begin um, with asking you a little bit more about consumer values and and Alpha Packaging's response to that. Consumers today are aware of climate change and sustainability and and how packaging choices may have an environmental impact um, and their purchasing choices thereby. Can you talk to us a little bit about how those changing consumer values are impacting uh, Alpha Packaging's priorities? Yes, certainly. Uh, We hear from customers in the nutritional supplement and personal care space On a regular basis, uh, they want their brand to represent an environmentally friendly uh, position. And a lot of times their products are very natural in terms of ingredients. And they want their packaging to represent the same sort of uh, responsibility that their products themselves represent. Well, with those packaging materials, um, of course, brands are trying to uh, show their commitment to sustainability. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about specific solutions, but can those solutions just in general um, provide the the kind of freshness and durability support that they're after along with the sustainability, a sustainable proposition? Yes. Um, in fact, at Alpha, we always say that we would uh, never recommend a sustainable solution unless it provides the same amount of um, durability and performance requirements that they get from the packaging they have now. So for example, um, we would recommend perhaps a a hundred percent recycled content solution that would have the same characteristics, the same performance characteristics as the packaging they buy now. Well, what's involved in producing packaging, um, that's more sustainable. I think that one of the options, uh, is, Uh, related to post-consumer resin. What's involved with that? So from our perspective, uh, because we have so many food and pharmaceutical customers, um, every resin that we're going to run in any of our machines always needs to be um, FDA approved, essentially. So um, we look for the highest grades of recycled resins, and we bring those in. They've been thoroughly cleaned. Uh, Typically, they're collected at a curbside recycling uh, facility, 
and they've been thoroughly cleaned, repelletized, and in the case of PET, uh, actually recrystallized so that they perform and run through our machines virtually identical to how um, a, a virgin resin would run. And then we can make those bottles. Uh, typically, there's a purge of material at the front and back end of that run so that the bottles that we are selling and representing as post-consumer are truly 100% post-consumer resin. Uh, well, in terms of sourcing that post-consumer resin, um, are you hearing from consumers and manufacturers um, about ocean-bound plastic? Are they inquiring about that? Yes. So ocean-bound is kind of a new entrant into the world of post-consumer resins. And uh, the timing is actually very good for ocean-bound. Um, to explain what that is, it is not bottles that have been collected from uh, the massive islands of plastic waste that you hear about in the ocean. Um, Ocean-bound efforts are actually intended to prevent plastic waste from getting into the ocean in the first place. So typically um, there is a, a certification process that uh, some of our vendors have gone through and they um, collect plastic uh, discarded plastic, PET and HDPE typically, that have been um, thrown away in developing countries that didn't traditionally have a valid um, recycling stream. So these locations are typically within 30 miles of an ocean or a major tributary, and these companies are actually going in and diverting the plastic waste into a legitimate recycling stream. They're cataloging that and then uh, processing it with the same standards that our domestic sources of PCR would go through. So it's a very high quality. Uh, these, these resins also come with an FDA letter of non-objection and uh, we can run them in our machines. So these are coming from uh, uh, third party, third party vendors are, are, have oversight on this. Yes, a third party certification process um, that really kind of shows the, the chain of, um, of where it came from and it's all very well documented wow um you know that's not only is that great to hear just in terms of uh, the products that people are purchasing here but um you know just to to really raise the awareness and raise the bar in other nations too around the impact of purchasing behavior even um, well, let's talk a little bit about the materials. Um, you were talking about pelletizing too. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the source of the post-consumer waste materials. Um, what's the difference between some of the end products that you end up producing? Uh, PET, HDPE, tell us a little more about that. Sure, um, we can run 100% recycled content in both PET and HDPE. Uh, PET is the material that uh, soda and water bottles are made out of. Um, our bottles typically are not single use like a, like a water bottle, but uh, they use the same material. They're a little more rigid because they have to withstand um, a longer shelf life and they have to protect the nutritional supplements and pharmaceuticals that are conveyed in the package. Um, and that is typically a clear, in its natural state, it is a clear resin. It can be colored. You can add opaque colors. You can do uh, translucent colors, and you can even uh, do metallics. And anytime you have a post-consumer resin, it's going to be subject to potential discoloration from batch to batch. So you can run clear PCR. It's going to have a little bit of a yellow or gray tint to it. 
but a lot of our brand owners uh, actually embrace that and they market that as proof that they are making a difference and choosing to use recycled content. Um, recycled HDPE tends, uh, HDPE is the material that milk jugs are made out of. And a lot of your plain white pharmaceutical bottles are HDPE. Um, it can also be colored, but a lot of times it's in a white or a natural color. And um, it is less likely to show variations in color from batch to batch in the recycled uh, material. Um, you can add additional colorant to make it bright again, but again, most people um, have told us that they prefer not adding additional colorants. They want it to be as, as natural as possible um, to really fulfill their brand message. I know that when I was a supplement manufacturer, I sought PET material for my packaging for a variety of reasons, one of which was that um, it was durable, it was less likely to crack if it fell, Another reason was that um, it um, it did not have oxygen permeability, so it maintained the freshness. Maybe I'm you know singing your praises here, but I'm just telling you as a manufacturer, when I was engaged in that space, I was looking for this. And I also liked that it was incredibly lightweight, so it did reduce the costs on shipping and ultimately the carbon footprint um, on shipping a product. Um, and there was a final reason, and that was that it was recyclable in most municipal recycling environments. So I want to ask you about PET and HDPE and their recyclability as post-consumer materials. Yes, um, PET is the most recycled material, and HDPE is the number two most recycled material um, in domestic curbside recycling programs. Um, because there are so many PET water bottles and soda bottles that are already clear, uh, those are extremely easy to recycle. And um, it is a, a huge energy savings to reuse and even repelletize uh, that plastic compared to creating it from scratch from uh, petrochemicals. And HDPE also um, really has some environmental benefits. Both of them are lighter weight, um, PET resembles glass. Uh, a lot of times people come up to our booth in a trade show and they pick up the jars and they, they say, oh gosh, this is so lightweight. I thought this was glass because it has a very high end appearance. And uh, we really find that, you know, from, as you mentioned, the, um, you know, the um, life cycle analysis of PET versus glass, it's much more cost effective to ship. It's shatterproof. You have less waste and it's highly recyclable. And can that material be circularly, continuously recycled? It can. Um, I, I'm sure there is probably a, an endpoint at which if you had the same batch of PET, um, but it's constantly getting infused with new virgin bottles. So at this point in the realistic uh, recycling chain, um, throwing a, another, a recycled PET bottle into your bin is not going to have any negative impact on the recycling stream. So from a sustainability perspective, that's smart business. What about the cost? Are there any cost issues, um, especially today while we're still in the midst of COVID-19 and there's shifts in the market? Um, are there any factors that manufacturers and brands should be aware of? Yes, um, we've seen some preliminary data that um, recycling rates have dropped somewhat. 
during the COVID epidemic. And that is causing a bit of a shortage of the highest grades of clear PET uh, to be recycled. Um, HDPE was already a little bit more expensive. Uh, the PCR was post-consumer resin was um, more expensive relative to virgin already. So um, the, the resin itself uh, for 100% post-consumer PCR um, is probably 50% more expensive than virgin. But uh, the resin cost is only a fraction of what the actual bottle cost is. You know, you've got a lot of other, other factors that uh, result in your bottle. So we would expect our customers to pay about 20% more for post-consumer resin right now um, than for virgin resin. However, um, prior to COVID, it, that was closer to a 10% upcharge. Well, I guess it's, a, it's always a balancing act. You know, if you're a brand and your focus on is on uh, on your mission and messaging. Um, it seems those additional costs, well, in the end, they won't be that great on any particular specific finished product, but they also get uh, wrapped into uh, the proposition you bring out to market and your brand story. Um, so is there anything else, Marnie, that you'd like to let our audience know um, about alpha packaging, um, about other sustainable solutions maybe on the horizon before we close today? Sure. Um, one win-win situation, is, as I like to call it, is um, our ability to lightweight packaging. Um, we're doing this with a lot of our PET product lines right now. We just introduced a 32-ounce PET jar that is 27% lighter weight than the jar it replaces. Uh, we were able to engineer that um, product, that improvement in gram weight and maintain the performance of the jar by taking out some weight in the neck of the jar. Uh, it used to have a neck bead that wasn't really necessary. So we were able to remove that and uh, optimize the preform that makes the jar so that it was um, you still have the performance and the wall strength, but not the wall thickness. So, um, you know, there are a lot of opportunities if you um, need to adhere to California's RPPC program, um, anything where you need to show that you are optimizing the weight of your package and not overpackaging it. Um, we have data and examples and um, production ready solutions to help companies meet that 10% uh, gram weight reduction requirement. Well, that really feeds into that middle R in uh, recycle, reduce, reuse, um, really re reduction um, in waste all around is is what we all need to be thinking about um, in all of our all of our behaviors. Really, I look at my own closet and I think, oh, I need to reduce that. I don't need to have so much stuff anymore. <laughs> um, so, so with that, I think um, we'll come to a close here. I really want to thank you, Marnie for taking the time today. Well, thank you very much. It's a good opportunity to uh, get some new and exciting capabilities in front of people uh, when we can't be in front of them for real. Absolutely, that's what we're here for, to help you do that and to help our brands that are out there find the right solutions. So I wanna thank Alpha Packaging, of course, uh, for supporting this content. And I want to thank everyone for listening and please stay tuned for future episodes of Supply Side Stories. Thank you for listening to the Supply Side Stories podcast. 
We are continually looking to improve your podcast experience and want to hear from you, the industry listener. Please take a moment to take our quick survey and provide your feedback at naturalproductsinsider.com slash podcast survey.